Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Um, hello, everybody. We are so excited. I don't know. When does this come out, Em? A million years from now. Okay, we're recording this way in advance. Um, but we're really excited. Oh, I think this comes out the 8th, which means that tickets are officially on sale. Yay! For our 2020 tour. We're so freaking excited. We're very excited. Um, hey guys, side note. So I am editing now and I'm realizing that this does not come out on the 8th. It comes out on the 1st. So please disregard that silly mistake. Uh, meaning tickets go on sale for patrons tomorrow on 12-2. And tickets go on regular pre-sale on 12-4. And tickets go on all the sales on 12-6. Okay, back to the show. We're going to be gone from January to May just like last time yes um bopping around 25 cities uh-huh hopefully you can make it hopefully you can and we've said it before we're saying it again the format is different we are not doing hometown stories this time it's a big surprise it's a surprise but it's gonna be worth it yes you'll I think see so. you'll, you'll see you'll when see. you get there you'll see. you'll see you'll have to be there to find out do you have anything to update everyone on <laughs> christine you know i don't really do you i don't either this is so far in what? advance any any update we would have would we're be... gonna be three weeks later like oh, i wish we could have could have inserted something i don't know maybe i'll insert something hello my baby hello my honey that's why i inserted in the future by the way i just put that in this is not happening live that was my future update okay good i inserted it thanks um so i yeah verse it's not even thanksgiving for us yet so that's so true we're way early this comes out the we're trying to be prepared because now that you guys know about the tour we are intentionally trying to do as many shows in advance as possible so that way when we get on tour we don't have to worry about trying to record while we're on the road because we are aware that we all sounded very tired (laughs) and we sounded really like just like out of our minds exhausted and that weird series of episodes that we were putting out while we were traveling last year yeah i don't know if you guys know this but we do see what you write on reddit and places like that and we also experience our actual lives you didn't have to tell us we were tired we knew people were like they're not even friends anymore i was like like, well i well yeah you're not wrong (laughs) just teasing we were friends we We were were just very very friends friends. we were just like we're so tired we can barely function it really did feel like we were we unfortunately it felt like we had to get a job done and it didn't feel fun because we were so stressed we had so many things we had to do and we don't want that to happen again 
So, so A, we've revamped the tour so that hopefully it's less strenuous day to day and more fun overall. And then B, um, we're also recording in advance and uh, getting as many done in, when we're at our peak. Yes, when we're <laughs> when we're happy and not sleepy all the time. And then that way, when we're on the road, we can actually enjoy the, the, the road. Yes. There were so many times that people gave us such great I advice know, every and city. tips like oh well, while you're here you need to try this out and it's like we're not going to be able the to worst, try it man well, the worst is when we'd be in town for something and they'd be like oh the festival is in town on that day only and, I was and we like, wouldn't be able to see it well fuck like because we, we were go. we were in the middle of doing um notes for our shows because i mean we were doing so many shows eventually we like it started catching up to us and we were like doing notes as we were traveling to that city right and we were trying to do notes for our weekly recordings and we were trying to like just make it out alive through all of the airports <laughs> and like late nights we were doing so we were just we knew we were running on steam and so we yeah. are just trying to get out ahead get of that ahead of it so a lot of our episodes are going to now be pre-recorded and so for future for well future for us present for you if we're not talking about something that's currently relevant yes. it's because it hasn't happened yes. for us in real life yet you're listening you're talking to us in the past like the episode we recorded last time that came out that comes out this weekend okay whatever you guys don't know where where the hell we are anymore <laughs> but an episode that comes out while we're recording now that hasn't even come out come out yet i talk about rodney reed and then like that was like the whole, everything went down with rodney reed like two days later and i was like yeah. well now you're gonna have to i sound dumb but so we're gonna sound dumb but at least we're gonna sound happy and lighthearted and fun They're so like, you're gonna you don't sound get everything dumb. what a novelty i know exactly <laughs> so sorry in advance if you want to hear us talk about something that's current but it hasn't happened to us yet yeah. so we don't we can't talk i mean about we're it. we're not that we're like several weeks away we're not like you know many moons not yet but we're still far away we're trying to get as far ahead as possible, so we'll see how far this race goes. We haven't stuffed ourselves full of stuffing in Turkey yet, so <sighs> no, we'll get there soon. Um, other than that, we're very excited to go on tour. I know that if it's December 8th right now, I'm so freaking amped about Christmas. I know I already got my tree set up. Do you? Well, in the future, you will. In December 8th, I will have it. Put a little it. G on the tree, maybe? A G on the tree. Yeah, I usually stuff him up there, the fake Geo. Not the real one, the fake one. <laughs> just, when he's really bad, you the just real, shove him on top of the tree. <laughs> the real Junie does go up there, unfortunately <laughs> for everyone. But um, are you going home for the holidays? Yes. Um, I'm trying to go home for as long as I can. Yep. <laughs> to get away from me. I'll need to talk to you about it, actually, about dates. Just Great. to make sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah, I'm I going think we'll be fine. to Connecticut for the first time since Blaze and I started dating, going to his family's oh, wow. for Christmas. So this will be new for me. That's I get fun. to experience Christmas Tanner. Do you remember Christmas Tanner? I know about Christmas Tanner. It's the day before Christmas Eve. Yeah, because Blaze's siblings are named Tanner and Eve. And Tanner used to get his feelings hurt that Eve had a holiday and he didn't. So they invented Christmas Tanner where everybody plays. That's like precious. It's really sweet. Where everyone plays different games and there's like a whole... Uh, olympics basically and blaze is one of six kids so there's like this whole olympics and it involves like nintendo and then it involves like physical sports and then it involves like uh mind games i don't know it's all really crazy i haven't been a part of it yet and i'm very excited and nervous um i'm sure competitive christine won't come out at all oh my god well when the i'm surrounded by i can see them coming oh, out of you please. right now and has this idea that i'm some crazy competitive you're person. like monica geller from friends i'm really not you should have seen me bowling yesterday like you have this <laughs> idea that i'm extremely competitive i'm like i'm not good enough i think because i'm so like below the line competitive any version of competition to me is threatening and but i'm just when like do i compete with like i don't ever like I'm not good enough at anything to be competitive at it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And yet, I'm sure you I'm sure you are compared to me. I mean, I literally was saying... I've I, seen you play that stupid TV game with your brother. Oh, uh, Drawful? Yeah, you guys get weirdly competitive. What? That's fun. 
It's like Pictionary. Yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Just because you don't like games, don't rain on my parade. Okay, fair. Um. Anyway, so I'm excited. It'll be fun. I don't know. It'll be fun to see his family. And um. yeah, I think Sherry Blazes Mobs is the only person left on either side of my family that listens to this show. So oh, Sherry, I can't wait to see you. <laughs> God bless you, Sherry. No. Anyway, so um. anyway, I guess we... Go? Do we do the thing? Yeah, we do the thing. Okay. Um, let me close this. By the way, you guys weren't here, but um, we've oh had God. the most insane technical difficulties today. The computer just decided to... Just stopped working. Stop It was just like, mm, that was fun for you, wasn't it? Because... <laughs> for like a solid two hours. It just In the middle like... of us recording ads, it was like, no, you don't get to record those anymore. And <laughs> I was like, well, we've got to... It was like, you said Rothy's one too many times. We're shutting you down. All right. So my story... Um, oh, uh... Are we going to talk about how we're not on Close Friends together? Oh. I'm sure that's going to get brought up at some point by you. So, well, M, I found out yesterday people were posting, like, being Close Friends with M is the best part perk of being a patron. And I was like, huh. Close Friends on Instagram. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Not, like, intimately close. <laughs> not like we're the thousand people on Patreon were suddenly, like, um, getting Froyo with every Sunday. But <laughs> I would love that, by the way, to be Froyo clear. Friday? Froyo Sunday. Oh, yeah, It doesn't yeah. have the same ring to it. You're right. Um, no, so one of the perks of being a patron on Patreon is getting in our, like, close friends list. And perk is a relative term. Right. Some people seem Depending to enjoy on, it. It doesn't have to be a perk for everyone. After last night, maybe they don't enjoy it. But basically, it's like a kind of a closed viewing audience where we just post stupid shit that we don't necessarily want to put out publicly. And M was posting all these apparently fun videos and coming up with all these, like, gags. And I'm like, somebody posted about it. And I was like, wait, what? And I went to M's profile. And I was like, I don't see anything. And then this motherfucker didn't put me on their close friends list. I I don't I know found what... out. And I'm goes, why am I so bad at Instagram? I was like, yeah, you're so bad. You verified inter- Instagram personality. There it is. There it is. must be your lack of technology. I don't. I really don't know what it is with you and Instagram. But I just I refuse to include you for some reason because this is like the third time this has happened. What if somehow you were the one holding me up from being verified? Like you were like. Oops. <laughs> I forgot that I put in. I actually wrote a very heavily worded message to Instagram headquarters. And I was like, do not ever let this person be verified. I wouldn't be surprised. I forgot. I forgot I submitted that injunction to have you like never verified by the internet. And I'm like, why am I so bad at, at helping oh, you get verified? Oops, it's my fault. Anyway, so now I'm finally friends with clo- or close friends with Emma on Instagram. And I posted a lovely video about how special of a day it was. It's going to change my life. And then M came back at like, at least I know what our child looks like. And I was like, okay, we're playing this game now. So anyway, things have been getting heated on close friends. I bet we've been blocked by many people who don't want to see that anymore. But yeah, we're, past us are saying this as if we still have close friends on yeah, Instagram. That's true. They're probably what all if gone. It's just you and me now. Yeah, like, it's, that's the irony. The full circle of it was not you, and now it's only you. The sad thing is, you were my first, cl- like literally the only person I had on there for so long, and then I was like, oh, I'm not even on. Apps. I didn't even know. What, okay, I'm such a like a grandparent. I didn't know what close friends was until it got suggested to us that we start using it. Yeah, that's true. I didn't, and then I was like, what the fuck? I is didn't that? know what it was either. I just saw close friends and went oh m and i put you in it oh i never used it but i didn't even know how to i had to like go like google how to add close friends yes oh i did too it's very weird and confusing but now that you're in there everybody you're in there so you're in there until you don't want to be in there yeah exactly um okay sorry now we're really gonna start this podcast is brought to you by squarespace the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. 
Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. So I brought that up because one of the things I'm trying to do now for my close friends is if you are a close friend, uh, slash if you're a donor on Patreon, um, that's how you become our close friend on Instagram, and I am now trying to prioritize suggestions from people through close friends yes so i can i steal that because i think that's a really great idea yes to like involve people and i don't want to be like st- you know i like that i like that we're like yeah 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 i well, like the i like the permission about you're doing something to your coattails i don't know riding my coattails that's the one right, I was like, a, right away I was like stepping on them <laughs> cutting them up i don't know but just doing a ritual or something on them <laughs> tap dancing um so okay but you don't mind if i try that out no because that's a great idea to get like suggestions and prioritize so many i got like 80 in a day i bet and like prioritize the people who are like you know really involved and close friends to us so awkward because everyone suggested them the this story because we're trying to also do two episodes a week now this story and next week's story are from the same batch of people oh okay so i so i because i came here prepared to do two stories today so (laughs) until the computer said no until the computer said no come back tomorrow (laughs) um but the so these stories both came from my first round of asking people on close friends um i tried to figure out the names of the people who asked but by the time i went back to look at my story it had been 24 hours and already deleted so i don't know (laughs) i I really should have written down everyone's names first but i think one when i say the name you'll know who you are so i hope you and enjoy your pride we're uh it's a learning curve always for us it won't be like this anymore but i for me it might but not for em em's learned i'm sorry i'm still tap dancing on em's coattails <sighs> tweet me or something if you're the person who suggested this and, and i'll say hi to you okay um <laughs> so this is the the first story i had never heard of this um i really liked it this is the story of Kay's cross um which is in utah okay oh my story's in utah too 
I'm not you kidding. You gotta be kidding me. You taught. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you taught me. You taught me so much, and I love you. Uh, I just wrote that. <laughs> you wrote that yourself? I did. Holy shit. I wrote it for you specifically. I went to your Instagram yesterday because I was mad at you for not adding me. Not really. When are you not mad at me, Well, Christy? I'm not mad at you, but I went to like check to see if I was your on if I could see your story because people were like posting about it all excited. And so I went to your profile and I saw this photo of like you and Allison from your UTI and I was like, oh, and I clicked on it because I'm like a stalker, I guess. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. And I went and reread it. I already liked it. But like I went and reread it. And then there was like a comment from me. And I was like, oh, my God. And I don't remember writing this at all. What'd but you say? it had 1,500 likes. And I clicked the <laughs> comment and it said. Your comment had 1,500? Yes. Oh, my God. I know. Well, your post had 13,000. But my comment like 1,500. <laughs> and it said, you're in my heart. You're in. It had Rod Stewart lyrics. But it said, you're in my heart. You're in my soul. I love you, T.I. Or something really obnoxious like that. And I know I'd posted it sometime in the evening after several glasses of yeah, wine I was and then say, forgot sounds, about it. Sounds like it was wine o'clock when you sent that. Because <laughs> I never, I have no memory of that. It's almost worse than that time you made me read aloud the song you sang to me about being inside <laughs> oh, of no. you. That was the worst. <laughs> oh, no. You're right. If you don't know what that is, you're welcome. Oh, like, keep that God. memory out of your head. Oh, my God. <laughs> well. Still have that card, by be, the way. To be, you better. To be clear, I haven't covered that story on the show yet. So, like someone you guys you'll figure it out one day so uh anyway this is k's cross this is in apparently this is in kaysville utah and that's 25 miles out of salt lake city and i'm so mad now that i didn't know about the story because when i was covering when we did two live shows in salt lake city i remember scrambling for a story like i could like for some reason that i couldn't find a lot of salt lake paranormal stories my story is salt lake too and it's one that i was like why did i not know about how are we both ending up with a Salt Lake story? It's so weird how we're so alike. And like the synchronicity try is Try not just, to be, but somehow. <laughs> the world refuses to let we us be our, our own independent people. Okay, so this is in Kaysville. It's 25 miles north of Salt Lake City in Davis County. Um, so Kays Cross, um, I want to, I'm also reading this off my phone and my email because my computer died. It's been a long day. Um, it but, has. So some of my notes are kind of jumbled, so I want to make sure I read this properly. But Kay's cross is in Kay's hollow. Kay's cross is a literal cross, like, oh. a, like a monument, um, that is in a hollow in Kaysville. Wow, okay. So in Kaysville, there's Kay's hollow, which is like a, a series of wood, wooded, <laughs> wooded spaces. Wood. Okay. And in Kay's hollow is Kay's cross. Okay. Got it. Do you like how I, I did a, a chop, like a cross? I liked it a lot, and it really um, illustrated for me what was going on. So Kay's cross is a 20-foot stone cross in a hollow and it has a large k on it just like so we the know letter the k. letter k Got like it. the letter k is emblemed on it somehow um this, and like i said this is in k's hollow which is the area but k's cross is um the cross that's in the hollow and it's also the most active area of all of k's hollow i know it sounded really confusing k's cross is the most paranormally active oh, space of the entire hollow got it so many people still uh so many people still trespass in the area to actually see the cross for themselves and the property manager has just come to terms with that because at some point they had like landowners literally shooting trespassers with rock salt with rock salt but like like doing anything to keep these people away and like calling the sheriff all the time and so now the property manager has decided that it's going to uh allow like tours and attractions to go through i don't think it's like a, a wild like jump scare 
Funhouse place, but they're at least doing paranormal walkthrough tours of the hollow. Okay. Um, just because they're like, so many people are trespassing, and like at this point, it's so out of hand that even the police can't do anything about it. It's so like, we might as well just be okay. Like, if you can't beat them, join them. It's like when you let your kids drink under your own roof, so you're like, at least they yeah. can do it in a safe way. Exactly. Not it's that like, my mother let me do that, but just as an example of what some parents do. I didn't drink, but my mom absolutely offered that to me yeah, many I know, times. I figured. Uh, <laughs> la la la. My mom was like, I'm going to be deported. And I was like, okay. My mom was like, please have fun. <laughs> And I was like, no, no, I don't want to drink. And she was like, where did I go wrong? <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> so people here at, at the cross say that they have seen faces in the cross. Oh. The cross will apparently, um, it, it's known to glow during a full moon. Like, even from far away, you can see it glowing. And if you touch it when it's glowing, it will burn you. Apparently, people see uh, dogmen, literally dog body, human-faced creatures guarding the cross. What? People will see shadow figures hovering, uh, following you, talking to you. They'll see glowing eyes in the middle of the woods. They'll see shadows just peek around a tree. Oh, forget it. And then smile and then hide again. Smile? They'll see people, or people who go there will hallucinate. They'll get violently ill. They'll hear voices in their head and have conversations with someone that isn't there. Apparently, they will also very easily be possessed. Oh, so great. Over the years, um, because of this activity um it has brought devil worshipers um that's the phrase that a lot of the internet has used so i'm going to use it but i don't know exactly where what world they live in what or... constitutes devil worshipers right. what what the people who actively participate in dark rituals right i'll say dark not rituals. like satanism which is right. different which is different and like you know you know good witches you know i'm not saying that it's like there are people with Dark intentions. Dark intentions going to this place to provide rituals that include sacrifices. Yeah, that can end well. Um, Sacrifices? Oh, no. So people have been going to this area because they know how active it is. And so now they don't even know where these spirits come from because it's not just from the history of the place. It's all these things that have been conjured. Okay. So it's just super dark and you never even know who you're talking to. You never know who, like, what spirits are near you because they might not even be from this world. They might just be pure old demonic. Great. So, um, to, to a point where it's so dark that yes, there are animal sacrifices there, but people that go there actively report, um, never having felt this way before, but when they walk into the woods, um, feel compelled to attempt suicide. (gasps) Holy shit. Um, so nobody knows for sure how the cross, the cross specifically, not just the hollow people don't know exactly how the cross got there. Or how it was destroyed. Because in 1992, now it's just a pile of what the cross used to be. But in 1992, the cross mysteriously exploded. (gasps) And loud enough for the the town... Exploded? Exploded. Not like fell apart. Like as if there were dynamite within it. What? And and the town heard it, called the police. The police were there within minutes. um, But nobody's ever been able to explain what happened. The, when the police showed up, nobody ever got arrested. The case still remains open. Um, a lot of the locals have said that people in the town actually tried to destroy it together to get rid of the evil that was held there. Some people say that the property owners and the police actually teamed up and did it themselves to avoid trespassers. Whoa, that's quite ballsy of the police to blow up a cross. Yeah. 
And some people say that the cross actually was never touched by anyone and it itself could not contain its own evil anymore that and was, exploded on its own. That was M saying that. I said that. <laughs> I said it the loudest, but other people followed way before me. No, that's really interesting. Okay. Um, people also don't know how the cross was built, especially since it was in the 40s during the Great Depression era and nobody could have really afforded that much concrete. Um, so whoever did build it wanted it to be a statement. And so the theory is that Wherever it came from, it was very intentional, and it wanted to make a point. Oh, ooh. So there are three main theories, and when I say three main theories, I mean there's, like, ten urban legends minimum. But these were, like, I tried to compile them as well as I could, and the three main ones, I did my best. But, first of all, the internet surprisingly didn't have a lot of information on this compared to other stories I've covered. And um, every single article seemed like it had a different kind of like a half version of the story so you'll see but i i tried to get as many theories down as i could for who actually built this cross so the first theory is that the cross was built um by i'm, I'm double checking that i say this right so they think that the cross was built um as a monument or was built by Okay, sorry. Um, my, I know my own brain is freaking out. Okay, so there's a person you named... You sound like our computer. <laughs> oh, no. There's a person named Bishop William K. Okay? K. K. And Bishop William K, he was the founding father of Kaysville. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. They think that either he built the cross or it was a monument in honor of him or it was in honor of his wife slash wives because we're in utah i see okay not so that everyone in utah has multiple wives not that every but may maybe a little more than other states sure um so and then this story the story i'm about to tell about why they think that it was about bishop william k this story also is apparently an urban legend but instead of bishop william k himself it's just the property owner so I will repeat it multiple times. A lot of people say that Bishop William K or a landlord, depending on the story you heard, it's either Bishop William K or a landlord lived on this property and had seven wives. Um, and then went crazy one day and murdered all of them. What? Another version is that either Bishop William K or a landlord went crazy and buried his wives alive. What? So also killed them, but in just a more gruesome way. Yeah, it's a lot of, that's what I'm saying, like... Oh, variations that, of, like, the yes. same story. I know I sound confusing because I don't know how to use my own words, but it seems like everything has a slight difference... I see what you're saying, yeah. ...to the story. So I'm trying to cover all of it so whoever is listening to this at least hears their version in some <laughs> okay, way. Good. So Bishop K... Or a landlord either murdered their seven wives or buried them alive. In the stories where uh, one of them murdered their wives, they then buried them around the cross. So they'd already built the cross and then buried their six wives around it. And then their favorite seventh wife, <laughs> they either buried standing upright in the base and sealed her inside. What the fuck? Or another version of the story is... They killed her and took her heart out and what? and stuck it inside of the cross. I like how the favorite one gets just such VIP treatment. Her heart gets cut <laughs> it's out. Like, thank you. I'm so glad that I, I thought I was your favorite. Either bury me alive or stick me <laughs> or upright inside organs. the base or <laughs> harvest my heart. I really <laughs> so romantic. I really thought you were going to say the seventh wife, the favorite, got to help bury the other or something. Like she no, it's much she worse. Lived. It's much worse. She died. Oh no. So I don't know what version 
you have heard um, off to all the people in Utah, but it's one of those many versions. Okay. So then after the wives were all buried and one of them may or may not be inside of the cross. Sure. Legend has it that he then hanged himself next to the cross. God um, damn it. As like penance for his crimes. Um, There are other versions where before he hanged himself, he actually summoned demonic wolves to guard the cross once he was gone. This is a wild story. There's just so many, eh, this, but this, but maybe this, but also Oh, but don't forget about the demonic wolves. But it's all bad. It's all very bad, it sounds like. So a lot of people um, say that sometimes it's a landlord, sometimes in stories it's Bishop William K. However, a lot of locals have stood up and vouched for William K. even though, like, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But uh, he... People will say Bishop K was a good man. He was one of the first leaders, if not the first leader of the LDS, and he never killed anybody. Take that name out of your story. It was just a landlord. So that's probably where people started shifting I see. from calling it Bishop William K to the landlord. Right. I mean, that's quite some slander if you're literally saying right. <laughs> this man, this like, quote unquote, pillar of the community. Pillar of the community. Murdered seven of his wives. Murdered and buried and or murdered seven of his wives and harvested their organs it was quite a day for him well oh. so i don't know if it i don't know if it's the chicken or the egg i don't know if it was they talked about bishop william k and then it kind of morphed into talking about a landlord or it was always a landlord and they assumed it was bishop oh, k sure. because he was a prominent figure and also because his last name was k and none of us really know what the k on the cross stands for got it okay so i think they were trying to piece that together and they're like oh well william k that would make sense because of his last name and all his dead wives that and all are buried seven around. of his wives <laughs> and the one without a heart so i know i like jumped everywhere and gave everyone a headache with my attempt at explaining that theory but here's a second no, one. no i get it the second one is that the cross was actually built by followers of the kingstons so if um you guys don't know the kingstons are a really powerful um polygamous family in utah i don't know if they still are but they were a really prominent family um, and they owned the property at the time in the early 1900s. Oh, okay. So uh, it could be a monument to the Kingstons or just a property marker since oh. they literally lived there. I mean, it makes sense with the K. And Kingston could, could be mean K. In honor of them, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a much more simple theory. Oh, and that's it. Okay, good. That's we're it. we're that's done. It. There's no murder. Okay. So they think in that reason, K could mean Kingston. And it could just be because they owned the property. I'm going to just like go on a limb and say maybe I'm going to stick with this one for now. We'll it sounds more realistic, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll see. Or at least like less upsetting. Like I will see what you come up with next. So the the first one, the one with Bishop William K slash landlord seems to, from what I'm gathering, I cannot confirm or deny this, but it sounds like that's the urban legend that teenagers have come up with since. Mm. Um, and then the Kingston sounds the most realistic, but then number three seems to be the most documented. So the oh, most verified. So, um, number three is that the cross could have, and most likely was built by the followers of Krishna Venta. So, which would be the K Krishna. Sure. Um, so I got most of this information about this theory specifically from a website called the dead history. And it was very useful because this was this was a story where I couldn't get a lot of information, and I luckily got a lot from this nice. website. Um, so uh, Krishna apparently used to be called Francis Penkovic, um, and Krishna was a cult leader in the 40s and 50s, and he claimed to be the second coming of mm, Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was an interview in 1992, the same year that the cross blew up. Uh, in 1992, one of the Kingstons, his name was Merlin, um, Merlin Kingston says that he actually knew Krishna and claims to have helped build the cross himself for oh. Krishna in 1946. 
So if he's telling the truth, which I don't know why he would seems like a weird lie. Yeah. Yeah. So if this story plays out, and I'm sure there's other evidence elsewhere, it confirms that in 1946 mm. it was built for Krishna. Um, by a guy named Merlin, which is by a guy named Merlin. <laughs> so here's a quick uh, background about Krishna. He had followers uh, build the cross for him. The K actually does not stand for Krishna, like you would think. It actually stands for kingdom, because that was a word that he apparently used a lot in his lectures. <gasps> Jesus Christ, And sorry. Blaze terrified the shit out of me. <gasps> Blaze has jury duty, and I keep forgetting that he's not going to work. I thought he was going to work afterward. I love you. I love you more. I know. I loved you being here. <laughs> Personally, everyone loved it. It's been the best part of the episode so far. No, Blaze, I can't edit your head out. I can't, like, Photoshop your head. Well, we can see what happens. Let's just put a picture of Blaze here. I thought the cat was coming, you know, and Blaze's head. Is I it? thought it was a cat, and then I saw a human hand, and I was like, Juniper has changed. Yeah, so K actually stands for kingdom, because that was actually part of a lot of Krishna's lectures. Okay. So, another debunked thing it does not stand for krishna um so merlin actually met him through uh so merlin's brother was in the army with krishna so that's how they ended up meeting oh okay so merlin uh says that krishna left the army and i don't know why merlin said this and there's documentation that krishna left the army after only a year that's how he ended up meeting merlin um merlin knew that he was leaving the army to become a traveling minister and so Merlin Kingston invited him to do lectures on the Kingston property, um, which is and exactly where the cross was built. So he ended up where the cross is, is where Merlin allowed Krishna to give his lectures on the property. OK, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a rumor. I only saw this from one site, and this was probably another like urban legend that teens are now saying to freak everyone out. Oh, teens. But there is a rumor that one of the things that Krishna did in his cult was he told everyone that the cross, once it was built, was talking to him and telling him to sacrifice his followers. Oh, no. And so when, oh, he, no. when he would sacrifice the followers, he would throw them down a well nearby. What? And apparently people now say that they can see bodies climbing out of the well. Holy crap. How many of the followers could they fit in that well? Enough. That seems like a deep well. So Krishna actually branched off from here and started his own foundation called Wisdom, Knowledge, Faith, Love, Foundation of the World, or The Foundation. Okay. Um, Sounds very cultish. Yes, mm -hmm. very cultish. And it's to a point where he was, like, taking people's belongings. Everyone mm. had to wear robes. Everyone was barefoot. Also, um, they were in the bottom of a well. <laughs> at some point, maybe they were in a well. Who's to say? Oh, no. Um but at the same, and then they were also like they all had to combine their money together, and so everyone, yeah, yeah. very like communal, type very gross situation. So then Krishna was apparently, uh, despite all of his rules that he made for the foundation and all their members, he was still gambling, he was still stealing, he wasn't paying his child support, and he was he was explaining it to the judge that he couldn't pay child support because. It was everyone's money now. Oh, jeez. And so he couldn't take money from the group. He's like, I have so much of it, but right. none of it's mine, even though it is. Um, oh, my gosh. And he started sleeping with the members' wives. Well, why wouldn't you at this point? So two of the members were fed up with the fact that he was doing this. And so they tried to actually film him admitting to his crimes. And it didn't work. And so their plan B was a little extra. Uh-oh. And they set off a bag of dynamite. What? 
They're like, hold on. At that moment, they were like, well, I guess this is it. Our hidden camera didn't work. Plan the TNT. (laughs) Plan A didn't work. So plan B, here we go. Oh, no. So they set off a bag of firework and uh, fireworks, dynamite. It's not pretty. It's awful. Dynamite. And pretty. Uh, yeah, well. they ended up killing Krishna themselves and I think seven other people in the foundation. I think they were women and children. Um, oh my goodness. Fun fact. The foundation continued without Krishna for another 10 years until who moved onto the property and forced out the foundation members, but Charles Manson. Uh, okay. Wow. That just took me for a little spin. Yeah. So apparently a little spin cycle. Krishna actually inspired some of Manson's early beliefs. Sure. And Manson later made them much more violent, obviously. Um, but when the foundation fled, so this is three stories all in one, because Krishna lived on this property. When he died 10 years later, Charles Manson moved in. Charles Manson then started getting violent, and he scared out the foundation members, so they fled the property, and they went to the People's Temple, which was... Uh, I was hoping we wouldn't end up there. Which was created by Jim Jones. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid incident. That was episode two? Two. <laughs> oh, my God. What was episode one? How do I not know no, it was No, it was episode one. It was episode episode one. one, wasn't it? It's episode one. Why? So Why circle. did I pick Jonestown as my first one ever? That's intense. <laughs> well, I was probably going through a phase anyway. So anyway, there's three stories all combined for you. That's nuts. Wait, is this... Okay, I'm going to sound probably really dumb. No. Too late for me. But oh. So Krishna... Is this like the same like Hari Krishna... No, no, no. This Guy? is Krishna Venta. So how? What, so what? He just picked this name. His name was Francis, and he decided that he was going to create this movement and called himself Krishna Venta. So they weren't the ones that would say Hare Krishna and stuff. Oh, oh, I don't know. I oh, don't think oh, so. Oh, okay, I don't. Th- I didn't see that anywhere. I feel like I would. Like I've heard some interesting tales about that group too. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, I don't want. Anyway, I don't want to. This sounds very anyone. true, crimey, but I promise it. It gets. It, we get to the ghost. I don't want to slander any krishnas around i'm too stupid to make a decision so <laughs> so anyway that was just like kind of a weird fun fact where all these stories combine at some point it feels like we're our own marvel cinematic universe because if we talk about That's enough so stories true. they will overlap it's you our know? universe that we've created we're it's our own marvel um but like so much more fucked up <laughs> so uh february 25th 1992 comes around and at 10 p.m like i said the K's cross randomly explodes. And this is like 50 years later after it's been built. Oh, wait, the 90s, right? You said? This was in the 90s. 92. And the cult happened in the 40s and the 50s. Oh, oh, so so I was thinking when you said we got, they got out the dynamite that it still had to do with the cross. But that was... No, they, that, so what's interesting is the parallel there is that like 30, not 30, in 58 versus 92. So like 30 years, mm-hmm. 30 plus years before the cross ever happened his the person who demanded the cross be built was also killed by dynamite i see and so then 34 years whatever years later it was blown up by dynamite wow okay weird okay um or or by demonic forces demonic forces (laughs) we don't know but interesting that the cross and the person the cross was built for were both both exploded um so and people have asked, uh, this was a, another article I saw, I saw where someone tried to actually figure out what happened to the cross. Um, they ended up asking for, like, original police reports, but no one would get back to them. The police were being kind of shady. 
they were saying like, oh, well, we weren't part of that county or you would have to go to the sheriff's department and we're not part of that jurisdiction. But then the sheriff wouldn't say anything. It was very like hush hush. Hmm. Whether or not it was on purpose, it just came off weird. Right. Also, they went to city council and there were no document minute meetings, uh, no documented minute meetings from the week that that cross blew up, even though there were a lot of people calling in reporting it. It's just weird that like all the archives are gone. Weird. Um, okay, but it did happen, right? It it's did not happen. Like it's a myth. It did happen. Okay, and weird. It's, it's still. I mean, it only happened in '92. There's still people who live in that area who say, like, "Oh yeah, I, I heard it. That. I was yeah. there." Um, that is wild. Okay, and so fishy. That's all we know. But based on the lectures that that guy gave, and how seemingly or allegedly violent uh, his cult either became or their whatever their beliefs were, um, and then on top of it the fact that there's this random explosion and now there's all these satanic rituals it i've have been told they were satanic rituals i cannot be i cannot confirm that but there were like demonic things happening um and all this paranormal activity it's apparently a wildly concentrated haunted area weird okay i mean it's yeah bad things seem to be happening there no matter what so uh like I said, I couldn't find a lot of information on this. So that's all the information Google provided me until I watched the Zach Baggins episode. He went there? Yes. No way. So I actually got I'm like, actually surprised for once that he went somewhere. He, he, he went and it was a really, it was pretty good. Wow. Okay. So he ends up actually interviewing one of the Kingstons who now owns the property. I guess it's been passed down. Um, and his name is Joshua Kingston. And he confirms that the cross was in honor of Krishna. So for all the people saying, I don't know how the cross was made or why it's there it seems like the most realistic or well documented and also verified by the kingstons who own the property it seems like the most reliable information um apparently the tree next to the cross a man has hanged himself plus there's been another uh suicide where someone was camping and uh shot themselves well with the hanging that kind of combines the t- like the urban legend of yeah um, so okay th- guy so i wonder how long that urban legend's been around because maybe it came out after that story right 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 maybe somebody kind of pieced it together embellished mm. this whole story sounds wildly embellished in many ways but <laughs> anyway so uh the clearing under the tree apparently has a lot of activity um the whole area seems to draw people to go further into the woods and die by suicide Holy crap. Although there have only been two suicides on document, on document, documented. Um, They ended up interviewing uh, a person named Bennett. And Bennett said they were at the cross for the very first time. They've been like 20 times now. But um, the first time they went was probably the scariest thing that's ever happened to them. They were walking around with a bunch of friends. Um, They felt drawn to the tree behind uh, or drawn to the trail behind the tree and to go walk down by themselves um don't do it then it said that the uh spirits felt male and female so there were two of them and they were both pulling bennett um bennett said that it felt like the female one was pulling uh was pulling them to give them to the male almost as an offering like pulling them down the trail to then sacrifice leading them i'm not sure um but that's what apparently it felt like. So Bennett goes to the gate, bends down, and hears someone talking and uh, said that the spirit felt male, dominant, and unfriendly. And Bennett could hear the voice saying, follow me, follow me. <sighs> Forget it. This is insanity. Apparently Bennett's eyes glazed over. Uh-uh. And then 
they began to start throwing up. What? And apparently at the beginning of this, they were super happy, like having a great day. It was a super beautiful, peaceful day. Oh, no. And now eyes are glazed over, vomiting, hearing a dominant man saying, follow me, follow me. And then when someone says, what's wrong? He's like, someone's leading me to be sacrificed. And you're like, yeah. what? And it's it, this is also like kind of very synonymous to like a possession or an attachment. Yes. I mean, like all of a sudden your eyes are glazed back and you're throwing up and then projectile vomiting. And then Bennett tried to stand up and run away, but their legs didn't work anymore. And all Were they eating edibles? I hope so. This part's starting to sound familiar to me. <laughs> so Ben couldn't move their legs, so Bennett's friends had to carry them out. And the whole time, apparently, uh, Bennett's saying that they saw a shadow figure following them back up. It was a massive black shadow that did not want them to leave. Oh, felt God. very angry and very possessive and was pissed off that Bennett was leaving. Thank God they got him out of there. Yeah. So, um... Apparently, the place is very peaceful during the day, but the, at the second that it's dark out there, apparently the energy totally changes and everybody... Oh, this was a good quote. Bennett said that this place leaves a toll on everybody. Mm. Pretty gross. Wait, what? The energy in this, of the place leave, takes a toll on everybody. Oh, sorry. You said gross, so I thought I missed something. No, just gross. Just like vomitous. Just like, yeah. Okay. Just yucko. Got it. Um, so <laughs> also, Zach interviewed uh, Vincent... Uh, Vincent's friends with Bennett and Vincent said that he was one of the people that helped carry Bennett out. Um, Vincent said that it, the whole area has its own energy. One time Vincent found a cow's heart in the woods. One time Vincent came across actual people in the middle of a ritual. And then to get him to leave, they poured pig's blood on his car. What? Um, he said he uh, didn't believe the cross could actually burn during a full moon. Like the rumors say. And so to prove it, just to see what would happen, he lied on it on his full body, not just touched the cross and felt if he got burned, but literally lied on the cross while it was a full moon, went home and had three burn marks on his back that were the shape of upside down crosses. Ew. Wait, so you're saying he laid on it like... Um... Like, it's like a big pile of rubble. Right, okay, while it was on the ground. And he just lied his entire body on it. Oh, oh. And then... A few hours I later. Thought, had... I got confused. I thought you meant he didn't believe it could burn, like, go up in flames. No, no, no. A lot of people meant... say that during a full moon, it will Burns burn you skin. if you touch it. Got it. Okay. And so he He's lied like, down on bullshit. it. bullshit. And then he got, ooh, yucky. Yucko. In the middle of this interview, uh, Zach's radio actually picked up random audio, and you could hear a woman's voice through it say goodnight <laughs> by itself. That was me. Good night. I don't want to hear this <laughs> like, anymore. Goodbye. Um... So under the cross, so they were walking back and uh, after their interviews, and Zach stops by the cross, and they see something under the cross that is wrapped up in cloth. What? Um, and usually that means it's like remnants of like a some sort of ritual, um, where like you have to bury or hide what you were using during the ritual to yeah. like. And so they found it. They then open it up. Yeah. Like open up this bag of like used ritual items. And they found teeth in there. <gasps> ugh, ugh. Um, Talk about vomitous. For everyone who believes in uh, rituals and bad energy, they did a closing ceremony where, like, they relieved the items from attaching oh, to them or God. anything. Okay. Just to keep everyone at bay. Um, they ended up going from door to door and asking locals if they, like, knew anything that was going on. Did or, you lose your teeth? Did you? <laughs> are your teeth still there? Um Apparently, one of the neighbors named Mary said that she has heard 
uh, evil growls in the woods, and both of her children have started seeing things in the front yard. Oh, my God. Mary also says that the previous owners told her that one time, I guess they used to have chickens out front, like a chicken coop. And they found all their chickens were missing and went down to the cross and saw them slaughtered and put in a circle around the cross. No! So there are people doing rituals down there who are, like, sneaking onto property and stealing people's animals. What is wrong with people? So Zach also heard objects crashing and banging during their investigation. He saw a black shadow run past him. The thermal imager actually picked up a heat source in the middle of the woods that was getting brighter and brighter. And it ended up being the cross, which is super creepy. Ew! That being said, rocks do absorb heat during the day. Sure. So I just want to make that clear. But it was very creepy. Um, then Billy started acting really weird. He said that something tried stopping him from continuing walking. He felt like something was standing in his way. Zach literally says Christian's name. Uh, and then something urges Zach to stand on top of the remains of the cross. And he starts acting weird. And he starts saying that he feels really sick. Oh, no. Um. And then what's really creepy, he kind of like goes into a daze and you can hear Aaron and Nick being like, I think you should come down. And Zach says, I think you should too. Even though like no one else is up there with him. So he's talking Ew. in the third person. Ew. Um, okay. That one got me. I thought I was going to make fun of him, but that one. No, goose cam. That one spooked me. Goose and so then cam. they were like, what are you talking about? You just said, I think you should too. As if someone's talking to you through you. <laughs> and then he started saying that he could see like contorted black shadows walking toward him. For God's sake, no, thank you. And as he's kind of blacking out, he's holding the spirit box, and it literally is a woman that in the spirit box says, Kay's cross. What? And then he says, what is on? What is under this cross? What is in this area? Or what does it mean? And the spirit box said, remembering, which is very creepy. Goose cam indeed. Billy starts uh, hearing chanting that nobody else can hear. He's like, how do you guys not hear that? It's so loud. And they're like, we don't hear anything. That's spooky. So Bill and the fact that he earlier was also acting weird suggests that they were already attaching to him. By the way, who the hell's Billy? He's like one of their camera people. He's one of the when their crew got bigger. They, oh, they okay. added like Jay and Billy. Oh, I don't know about them. Okay. Um, so he started hearing chanting that apparently was so loud that he was bewildered that people did not hear it with him. And then he's like, he starts walking around and he starts he says he says uh yes as if like he's talking to someone and then zach and aaron are like who are you talking to he's like what are you talking to you guys been talking you guys have been talking to me this whole time like okay i'm I'm answering Uh -uh. you and zach and aaron were like we've been quiet you're just over there talking to yourself and like responding (laughs) to something that's not there and billy was like no it's what are you talking about you've been talking to me this whole time that must be so frustrating like you feel like you're being gaslighted and people are like we're literally not it's like we're not speaking and you you can hear him go like uh yeah 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 yeah." and they're like what are you responding to yuck okay and it was using their voices yeah yuck so then at the end you can hear loud growls billy smells rotting flesh which is like absolutely a sign of a demonic presence Mm. um you can hear squealing sounds as uh that were caught on one of their X cameras, and you get an EVP of a female cackling. Oh my goodness. And that's Kay's Cross. That is... How have I never heard of this before? I don't know. I hadn't heard of it either. Wow. Okay, well, we're not moving very far, so hold on one moment (laughs) while I get my laptop. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out 
a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay. Well, my story, weirdly enough, is also from Salt Lake. So you guys, so weird. You guys are weirdos. You have a lot going on, huh? I hope Salt Lake was just really like thinking of us today. It must have been. Hi, Salt Lake. Hi, we, Salt Lake. We had fun at you. We did have fun in you. On you? Oh, nothing about it is good. Never mind. That we're saying. I hated it all. Yeah. Um, but Salt Lake was fun. We did the double shows there in we September. Did. Yes. Ah, <sighs> my oh my. How the time has flown. Okay, so this story um, is the story of the Franklin Bradshaw murder. Cool. I don't uh, know what that is. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, so my sources were New York Times, Chicago Tribune, the lineup, and a book by Shana Alexander about the topic, which, to be clear, I didn't read the whole book. It's several hundred pages, so I did not have time. Um, but I did find a lot of excerpts, and that's kind of what I used. So... This story takes place in 1978 in Salt Lake. Um, I think the cross was there, yeah, already? Probably. Wait, what year? year? 78? Yeah. Okay. Um, Franklin Bradshaw, he was an oil and auto parts millionaire from Utah whose estimated worth was believed to have been several hundred million dollars. Me too. Yep. Same. (laughs) Can't even say it with a straight face. Uh, Possibly up to $400 million. So he wasn't born into wealth. He kind of moved he so apparently what he did was he 
um, was smart and he started investing in the auto industry before it like blew up. And mm. then when it did uh, not blew up like the cross, like <laughs> blew up metaphorically speaking, got it got to it. be clear. Um, and then he exploded he... with talent and success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Much like you and me, much like us <laughs> again, not no straight face. Um, and he apparently set up shop like right at a really tough road where cars broke down a lot. Oh, so, that's really smart. Right. And so he made like a shit ton of money selling auto parts. And then he built up this kind of empire, not not to be confused empire. with the empire. Are you sure you're not talking about me? This whole I time? might be. I Millions hope... of dollars, well, exploding talent. Based on the t- based on the title, you don't really want this to end the way that mine changed. My my, my story's you different. You branched a bit. off into your own path. Um, so he ended up selling all these auto companies or auto parts companies and made a fortune. Um, anyway, so he, like I said, was not born into wealth. Um, he had worked his way up to fortune, having been born in a working class family in Salt Lake City in 1901. Um, by the 70s, he owned 31 auto parts stores and dozens of gas and oil leases in the region. But he kept his kind of like um, attitude about about being frugal, but like to an extreme. Mm. So he continued to live in a working class neighborhood. He drove an old beat up Buick. He shopped for his clothes at the Salvation Army only. He got his copies of the Wall Street Journal secondhand from a friend because he what? refused to pay for the subscription. All right. Uh, in other words, he was extremely, extremely frugal. That's how it probably helped him keep his millions of yes, dollars. You could say that for sure. Um, I'm sure it helped. He also continued to work 16 to 18 hour days well into his 70s. So, like, he was very, uh, almost people called him obsessive over uh, his work and his industry and um, his money, uh, to a fault, some may say. So, Franklin's workaholic nature took a toll on his marriage. He had married a woman, uh, a farm girl from uh, Idaho in 1924. Her name's Berenice. And they were pretty happy at first, but then because of Franklin's crazy work schedule and his frugality, they, when they had children, their parenting styles drove them apart. Mm. So Franklin and Berenice had four children together, and Franklin hated that Berenice, like, doted on the youngest. Her name was Frances, and she was born in 1938. Aww. Um, he was afraid Berenice was spoiling Frances Rotten, not teaching her the value of money. Um, and lo and behold, uh, so it's like kind of the extremes because Frances didn't seem to inherit any of her father's hardworking tendencies or frugality. Um, she developed an intense entitlement to money. Uh, and after high school, she was sent to Bryn Mawr, but she was caught stealing from classmates and forging checks. So she was kicked out. Okay. And she was told she could only return if she received psychiatric help. But instead, she moved to Manhattan, where despite having no real income, she lived in a five-star hotel on the Upper East Side called the Barbizon Hotel for Women. Barbizon? Yes. I went to modeling school in Barbizon. <laughs> God damn it, Em. Not Maybe kidding. this is about you. <laughs> I went to Barbizon modeling school. I knew that name sounded familiar. That was that, like, uh, God, Linda is an interesting creature, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Look how I turned out, Mom. <laughs> Aren't you so the most proud? beautiful model in all the land? Modeling school really did exactly what it was supposed Holy to for me. Shit. Anyway, glamour shots. If anyone asks, I'm a clown model. Yeah, you've really. Uh, t- I have a. I have a. What is it, a multi hyphenate? Yeah, multi hyphenate. I've got like reverend, model, clown. Uh huh. I'm sure many others. Ghost hunter. We're lucky to have you in our presence. Listen, <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Meanwhile, you're telling me I'm competitive. I'm just sitting here, like, attempting to learn how to bowl <laughs> over 70, but... You no. learned a second language. I think you already win when, when it I comes was... to talent. <laughs> okay. I learned a second language. I think learn is a relative term. 
thrust um, upon you. It was thrust upon me, but uh, Barb is on uh, <laughs> hotel for models. Well, uh, yeah, that's the one. So she also shopped at Tiffany's, where she was known to buy forty thousand dollar pairs of earrings at once, like just in a one one trip. Uh, sat she sat on the board of the New York City Ballet, where she donated a lot of money, even though she didn't really have it, and she lived an overall lavish lifestyle. Meanwhile, her dad, one of the richest men in the country, and he was actually known as Utah's Howard Hughes, oh. was still living his frugal frugal life. Um, he was like completely the other extreme. So he drove this rusty pickup truck. Um, he was still buying his clothes at thrift stores, and he used an empty Coors beer carton as a briefcase. <laughs> like <laughs> that's like ultra dad, like extra. It's not even like he goes goes to like Kohl's and buys like the discount briefcase. It's like he literally won't buy. He uses cardboard instead. <laughs> that really is like a dad power move, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's like finger guns on a tractor dad power move. <laughs> In your, like, jorts. You are multi-hyphenate. You're going to get there someday, and we're going to be like, you've hit every extreme of the talent spectrum. There's nothing my dad loves more than a pair of jorts. And he Yikes. recently, uh, he started cutting his pajama pants into oh. into shorts. Now he calls them ports or something. <laughs> oh, my God. He's just, like, such a fucking dad. I can't handle it. Oh, and I also, get it, like, jorts, but, like, pee jorts, like yeah. pajama shorts. Pajorts, yeah that's insane anyway I, mean, I guess my dad wears like only pastel colors so i don't know what's worse but they've um, all got a crux yeah so she lived off her dad's money um to his chagrin until she met and married uh, a man named vito gentile in 1958 hmm. he was a gem dealer which is much like what i consider myself in 1997 when i was sure selling rocks and pretending they were geodes um <laughs> i was also multi-hyphenate. Uh, sure. While yeah. you were in modeling school, I was selling rocks. Businesswoman. <laughs> to my neighbors. Uh, yeah. Door-to-door geode salesman. <laughs> That's me. And proud of it. Look how far I've come. Um, okay, let's see. Da-da-da-da-da. So she married that guy. Um, they had two sons, Lorenzo and Marco, who were born 10 months apart in 1959. And when the marriage failed, Frances refused to consider work and again relied upon her parents for support. Oh, gosh. Um, especially secret bounties from her adoring mother is what they called it. Secret bounties. Yeah, that sounds like a lifetime flick. It does. Sounds a, like something I want. I would like someone to give me a secret bounty, though. I guess, like, if you're talking about the candy bar, sure. Um, okay. Da, da, da. So... Once they got divorced, um, she also renamed her sons Larry and Mark instead of Lorenzo and Marco. <laughs> she took the Italian right out of them. Wow. I know. Um, and she got married again in 1969, uh, this time to a Dutchman named Frederick Schroeder. And they had a daughter together uh, before divorcing as well. But Frances changed her name to Frances Schroeder, and then Mark and Larry took that last name too. So she changed their na- first names, and then she gave them a new last name. So these. Kids- so they just were not even... They just have totally different names than who they were. Yes. They're basically being dragged through all of this. Got it. Um, During the summer of 1977, uh, Francis sent Larry and Mark, who were 16 and 17, and they were really close, um, to Salt Lake City to work for their grandpa at the auto parts warehouse for the summer. Their grandpa, Franklin, at this point, he's 76 years old, but he's extremely involved in his business still. He comes in early every morning. He actually worked so obsessively that over the last 35 years, he had rarely had dinner with his family. Like, they couldn't count on, they counted on one hand how many times he actually had dinner with his family. Wow. Um, According to author Shana Alexander, Franklin followed the same routine each morning. He ran a tepid bath. Mmm, good start. Cozy. Did 31 push-ups, specifically. He ate oatmeal with evaporated milk. 
He dropped a chunk of meatloaf into a brown paper bag for lunch. Ew, without like a plate or anything? Just plop. This guy uses cardboard as a briefcase. Yikes. <laughs> this can't be sanitary. No. Um, then he headed to the warehouse. So the author, Shana Alexander, did the math. This She said it was 15,055 tepid baths and 15,055 pots of oatmeal. And slices of dirty meatloaf. <laughs> dirty meatloaf. Yikes. Oh, there's all sorts of euphemisms in this story. I dirty can't meatloaf. handle it. Oh, my God. Um, yikes. So one morning... Um, as Franklin walks into the warehouse before all of his employees, as he did every morning, a gunman approached him from behind, shot him twice in the head with a three fifty seven Magnum before emptying his pockets and fleeing the scene. Wow. He was left on the floor of the warehouse to bleed out before his employees later found him as they arrived for work. And there's photos of this and he's laying on the ground like his face is in shock and his arms are out. And um, he'd been shot once in the base of the head and once in the back. And it oh, had gone. No. It was a messy kill let's put it that way very 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 fucking traumatic so his employees found him that way obviously called the police and based on the scene and the robbery they suspected a transient who wasn't local to the town had committed the crime but then a year later i mean this is just i don't even know how to explain to you how this happened but the murder weapon surfaced in manhattan so what happened was <laughs> i guess i'll just explain it to you okay. so francis had a friend who she owed who it was actually a high society coach uh-huh. who taught her how to be like, I guess these people exist. A socialite. Yes. Who teach you how to be a socialite. And she owed this man $6,000 and he kept saying, you owe me this money. And she refused to pay him. And so she refused so often that he got pissed off and called the police and said, Hey, by the way, Francis gave me this gun. And that I is think, not high society. I think something happened. And they looked at the gun and went, this is the gun that killed her father. <gasps> so that's how they found it in Manhattan. I see. She had been in possession of it. When they traced... How can you... First of all, if you're going to give your gun to anybody <laughs> when it's a murder weapon, why would you give it to the person that is judging your state of caliber? <laughs> it's literally... Caliber. Caliber. Wait a minute. But, I mean... Let them all laugh. Okay. But truly, like... <laughs> If if the only person whose whole job is to just judge the shit out of you until you're perfect, and you're like, by the way, take this dirty and used judge gun. Everyone else you're society you're socializing with, like your literal your whole your life, peers criticizing your life until you have perfected it. Like, in their think eyes. about if you'd given, you know, your Barbizon modeling coach a knife, right? And then like, just hang on to that. <laughs> Hold on, don't worry. I murdered my somebody with this. Uh, you understand? You get it. You're high society. Make me look good. <laughs> I wonder how high society a high society coach is, though. Like, I wonder. Right. You know what I mean? Like how, like, um, a, a athletic coach might not even be athletic. They're just good at coaching. Right. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's what I kept yelling at bowling yesterday when I was losing. I just kept yelling, I'm just a good coach and trying to tell everyone how to bowl. And they were like, please stop. Nobody wants to I don't to know, because if you, you think about, I'm going gossip girl here, but if you think about, like, Serena. Right. And Blair. Oh, okay. That's true. Like, they wouldn't just have, like, some, like, piss poor coach to that's tell them how true. to like but yeah but who high thing. society would be like yeah i agree to like coach people you know what i mean like nobody who's really high society wants to like maybe if, maybe it's like a i would imagine if you're high society and you're actually from it and grew up in the culture and then you like retire and have nothing to do you could coach the next generation yeah, but that's when you play like croquet oh right you know 
you're right. Like, I don't want it. Listen, I'm not high society enough to know. Oh, that's that explains it. That's okay. why I can't give you the answer. Oh, I see. Okay, maybe someday we'll we'll find a coach. Anybody <laughs> out there? Okay, Serena. Serena, help Ms. me. Is Vanderwoodson? Oh, I wish. Okay. I don't actually, because this all sounds terrible. All right. So uh, anyway, a year later, the murder weapon surfaced. He was like, she gave it to me. So they traced it and they discovered that the gun had been bought in Texas by Francis's son, Mark Schroeder. Franklin's own grandson, Mark Schroeder, who was 16, had purchased the gun that had shot him in the back of the head. Interesting. And he was working there that summer. So, Mm. Mark was arrested and charged with the murder of his grandfather. When questioned, he told police this was not his doing. It was his mother's. Turns out, this was not the only attempt on Franklin's life that summer. Oh. While Mark and Larry had started working for Franklin um, in Salt Lake that summer, uh, their mother, Frances, had begun to worry. So, she's back in Manhattan. But she starts to worry that she's being disinherited. So, her father... Uh, Franklin threatened to cut her out of the will. He demanded she get a job, but she, you know, liked her ballet lifestyle, whatever she was doing over there. So she took matters into her own hands. First, she sent her son's amphetamines to put in her father's oatmeal. Oh, no. In an attempt to give him a heart attack. That didn't work. Uh, Apparently not. So instead, she pressured them <clears throat> into stealing upward of $200,000 in stocks and cash throughout the summer. So they had, over that couple months managed to steal 200 grand in like valuables from their grandfather awesome and it wasn't in his it couldn't have been like his actual stuff because clearly he had a cardboard beer briefcase right so i don't know what they were stealing but uh she also hired a hitman she went as far as to hire a hitman and mark had actually taken his grandfather's photo in secret to give to the hitman to be like here murder him and they paid him and the guy took the five grand and ran so that didn't work either kind so, of the best version of a hitman story a, i can think of <laughs> no, that's true everybody well yeah um, don't murder anybody no don't murder anybody um yeah she she clearly wasn't good at this she needs another coach i think um other plans uh included setting the warehouse on fire and one of the plans was to drop a toaster into his tepid bathtub god they're thinking of everything here everything how? that like wiley e. coyote's done yes. they're trying to do <laughs> like drop an anvil on him right. but like how in god's name he's taking his bath well you're gonna just barge larry and mark are gonna barge in and drop a toaster and right. plug it in they got plug it in you gotta like really wire out a lot of electric like a lot Seriously? of uh, extension cords and like then, have it you gotta like like roil it out <laughs> and then throw it in once it's already plugged in don't you're coaching them all right i'm sorry i'm too good at being a coach yeah you, we got to pay you first of high society before you give us those those really hot tips um but so obviously that that didn't happen either so instead mark just purchased a gun and shot him in the back of the head i mean it's just fucking terrible his own grandfather so Frances was obviously arrested as well, and she was put on the trial for uh, for the put on trial for the murder of her father. When Mark testified, he told the jury all about the above plots that his mother had masterminded, as well as the fact she told him he would have no home to return to if he didn't kill his grandfather that summer. Oh my God! Yeah, what a catch! 22. What a fucking what a catch! Twenty two. I don't know. Sort of. That's not really no. what it is. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna go with. I was it. thinking hard and like rock, rock like rock and hard place. place. That's right. That's right. That's a good. I'd rather. I was like, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna roll this one out, but it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like where you were going with it. Thank you. Um, he arrived in New York with the deed done, and Mark said for the first time in his life, his mother hugged and kissed him and said she was proud of him. Ugh. Yeah. So Gross. fucking twisted, twisted shit. Uh, he told the jury, "Quote: If she wanted you to do something, it was very difficult to say no. You didn't say no to mom." 
Ugh. But I want to be clear as well that Mark and Larry were not angels either. According to Shane Alexander's book, Mark and Larry apparently delighted in torturing their grandparents. Uh-oh. When Mark was eight, he stayed with Berenice, who tried to limit his TV watching. He went after her with a butcher knife. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, at school, Larry had taken to dropping on all fours and barking like a dog at his classmates. That one's not as bad. That's, that's the, they I really, hope that's the worst it gets from now on. Unfortunately not. Um, the nuns told his mother that he had tried to gouge out one another child's eyes with scissors. <gasps> and he was asking little girls to take down their panties. Absolutely not. So they were troubled children at a young age. So by the time they were 16, uh, they were not well-behaved children. Um <laughs> Kelsapreeze. Yeah, Kelsapreeze. <laughs> Apparently, the year before the murder, Larry and Mark had also gone to Salt Lake for the summer to work at the warehouse, and they kept threatening to quit because obviously they're like, not they were not taught to be like hard workers. I mean, right. their mothers literally like, like bullshit. Can I go home now? Forty thousand dollar earrings, right? So they were like, we're not we're fucking doing this. Like, we have money, we don't need to work. So instead, this year, and since the grandmother was like so doting on them and stuff. This year, the grandmother, Berenice, let Larry stay at home and sleep in each morning, and she paid $3,500 for him to take flying lessons instead. Of course. Why not? <laughs> Why the hell not? I mean, croquet and flying lessons. That's what this life's all about, I guess. Well, when do I get there? <clears throat> I don't know, man. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. We, as we gaze into the audience for help. Help! Give me $3,500 a day for, for pilot lessons. <laughs> did you ever take a pilot lesson? No. I did. It scared the hell out of me. How did you do that? Don't my you have to like go to school first? I, well, I went to my stepdad got me uh, flying lessons when I was eighteen, seventeen or eighteen, eighteen, yeah. And so I did a couple flying lessons. Did you ever fly a plane? Yes. Good for you. I mean, not by myself. There was another instructor there, but yes, I did fly it. But then I was like, "This is fright." I don't like to fly in general, so I was like, "This is not a hobby." I think I want, especially when you're encased in like. Only something besides you can sit in. Like, props to everyone who can do that. I just am too anxious to be controlling something that high up in the air. I'm going to leave that to actual pilots um, and stay on the ground as often as I can. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, but that was a fun gift for that summer. I can't believe you flew. Yeah, were I your, did. Were your arms tired? Do you... <laughs> yes! Finally! Finally you appreciate my joke. <laughs> Thank you. Now that I'm your close friend, I think you finally get... Oh, you're also my high society coach. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really good at it, clearly. Um, anyway, so Larry had also apparently been to jail before. He had served time for bludgeoning his college roommate with a hammer. Holy nearly, shit. <laughs> nearly killing him, but not quite killing him. Oh, thank God. So thankfully, the guy survived, but also he went to jail for that, obviously. Uh, Mark was... Uh, so Mark was the one who had shot his grandfather, admittedly. So he was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 12 years in prison. He was also 16, so like... For that reason, and because his mother clearly had forced him to do it, he was charged with second-degree murder. A year later, uh, his mother was put on trial, and he testified against her. She was actually arrested in her luxury Upper East Side Manhattan apartment after police forced their way past her French maid. Huh. Uh Uh-huh. According to the LA Times, that is how she was arrested. Um, She was charged with first-degree murder, since this was, like, her mastermind plot, I guess. Mastermind is really a relative term, I think. Um, Perhaps the wildest part of this whole trial, this whole story, is that her mother fully funded uh, her trial and her attorneys and said she's innocent. Like, the widow, like Franklin's widow, uh, funded this whole thing. She funded the entire defense, provided Francis with a million-dollar trust, and ensured that she was set for life no matter what happened. 
Uh, during Francis's trial, Mark testified that his mother had told him, quote, look, Mark, it's not really killing. It's the right thing to do for us. Which, oh. really, you couldn't come up with a fucking more compelling... I, you know, she's sticking to her guns. That's... It's not really killing. It's, it's good just, for you. <laughs> it's just useful to the rest of the family. It's just amphetamines in your grandfather's oatmeal. It's just killing him. With a gun. Uh, I mean, god damn it. These people are nuts. Okay, so, anyway... Uh, da, da, da. but despite the funding and her mother's insistence that her daughter, that like Ber- Bernice's insistence that her daughter, Bernice, is that how you say it? I don't know. I think it's Bernice. I think I'm saying it wrong. I'm so sorry. I've been, I've always thought it was Bernice. It's spelled like B-E-R-E. Yeah. N-I-C-E. Okay. Oh. Uh, I don't know Bernice. anymore. Whatever. So deci- despite Bernice insisting that her daughter had been framed and it was her grandsons who were at fault, Francis was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to 13 years in jail. Oh. She was not put on death row, though. Oh. Although the attorney did try. Oh. Mark got out of prison in 1994 after serving 12 years, and Francis got out um, in, two years later in 96 after serving 13 years. So neither of them could have been the culprits of the exploding cross. At least we know that. Two people have two been down. checked off the list. <laughs> um, the year Francis was released from prison at the age of 58, her 92-year-old mother, Bernice, passed away. Hmm. Believe it or not, despite having multiple siblings still alive and literally having been imprisoned for the murder of her father francis was the main beneficiary of her mother's will you've got to be kidding me so when, they had some weird bond yes, i did not like yes, it yes i know because at first it's like oh the little one like it's spoiled yeah. but it's like whoa that went too far yeah. yeah um and she inherited everything that was left of her father's estate uh according to bernice's will francis would receive lifelong income from half the remaining estate as well as a luxury condominium in salt lakes avenues district a safe deposit box full of jewelry and her mother's full-length fur coat Hmm. all of these things the condo the jewelry the furs had been bought with franklin bradshaw's money after his death so like he wouldn't allow any of this to be spent during his life so of course his wife went crazy when he died and bought everything um his own wife confessed that he'd have quote died a second death if he knew how she was spending his money how charming that's the worst to have worked that hard your entire life for someone else to use it so willy-nilly yeah and it's it's actually really fucked up because um well i'll tell you in a minute but so this her siblings were like frustrated and like disappointed and they actually tried to file a court like to try to sue to be like can't she can't she was in prison for killing him and now she has his money but since it was bernice's will they were like we can't do anything about it it's her money technically um so they were disappointed but they weren't really surprised um according to them francis and her mother like you said had always had a quote mutually manipulative relationship sounds healthy yes her sister elaine told the la times quote francis is the big winner nobody who ever met francis schroeder can truly believe that crime doesn't pay sometimes it just takes time She's like so disheartening. Mm. Both her sisters tell the same story that the only person to cry at their mother's passing was Francis. The rest of the family was relieved that she passed peacefully and had lived a long and happy life. But Francis wept because she had been pestering her mother for a car and now she didn't think she would get it. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. She's not a great lady. Uh, One of my favorite comments in the LA Times article was from her sister Marilyn who said, she's got the jewelry and the fur, but where is she going to wear them? I was like, ooh. At her gala, duh. So she's such in high, prison? high society. <laughs> Not anymore, man. Maybe she could just be high society in jail. I mean, actually, she was. I'm sure there's the popular kid in jail, I'm right? I'm not kidding. She was. You know why? 
Well, okay, I'll tell you. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. But you're not wrong. So unfortunately for Frances, despite her father having been worth hundreds of millions of dollars, like we said, by the time her mother passed, there was barely any money left. In the 18 years since Franklin had died, her mother had, quote, traveled extensively, lived lavishly, and gave millions to Westminster College and the arts. Oh, my she, God. <laughs> she even funded a state prison college education program for $110,000. Frances was its first graduate. So she literally funded, like, an education program at the prison where she her daughter was, just so her daughter, like, had something That's to do. That's so <laughs> stupid. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, her mother was still just, like, putting her up, basically, in jail. Ugh. She actually got two sociology degrees, believe it oh, or not. Oh, good for her. So, she, uh, so, Bernice had also spent nearly $2 million on attorneys during the trials of her daughters and grandson. So, with all of this, although the details of the trust were confidential, Francis's sisters estimated to the LA Times that it couldn't have been more than a couple million dollars if that left over, which, of course, is a lot of money still, but not compared to $400 million. Right. Can you... Is, I, don't even know how someone spends four hundred million dollars. I mean, you must just be. I mean, she's giving it away. Like she's just like truly. Here's the, the ballet wants money. Like apparently they made the New York City Ballet got like the highest contribution it's ever received from her in the history of the New York City Ballet. And I'm like, what in the world? Wow. Because oh, because Francis's daughter did ballet, like not like professionally, like as a child. But oh my god, I don't know. Did your mother give three hundred fifty grand to a? Uh, Barbizon modeling no. school. She gave more than she should have, though. What about Loves and Laughs College? Loves and Laughs, I think, was a cheaper a cheaper degree <laughs> than the modeling than my modeling degree. <laughs> I actually didn't even get my degree. I walked out of there. So. Oh god, I didn't even get to walk in there. My mom was like, "Nice try, lady." You know who else did Barbizon modeling? Ashton Kutcher. That doesn't surprise me, really. See, you That's... two are you're in good hands. Listen, I know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a model school dropout, but... Oh, you guys are both... Which, by the way, was also... It was not just modeling school. It was also beauty school. So I'm a literal You're beauty literally... school dropout. Okay. There's a song written about you. I'm I not know. surprised. And it's not cosmetology school. It was, like, not... It's not that fancy. It was, like... It was, like, very much like a cotillion school. Like, yeah. acting and modeling school. Yuckaroo. It was terrible. Yeah, that's My sounds... mom was really desperate to like make me do a uh, a hobby. Oh. Like no like to have a hobby. Like all my friends were like playing sports and I was like, I'm not playing a sport. Or like playing And you would do modeling? My no at that, at that point my mom was forcing me into these things. So. I was forced into playing the fucking piano, which now doesn't sound so bad. I would I would have <laughs> I begged my mom to do any of those like mo- and she was like look at she, no offense, but she's like look at you. <laughs> I mean, listen, she was brutally honest from the start. She's German. But yeah, we, yeah, she was. We really should swap moms sometimes. Maybe. I don't know. Things might have turned out real weird. (laughs) Maybe. They're already pretty fucking weird. But me in modeling school doesn't work out for anybody. Sorry. Me either. Don't worry. Yikes. Um, (laughs) I was literally selling rocks and playing the piano. God damn it. I was such a dork compared to you. Okay. That's okay. Look, we're all popular now, right, Em? Yeah, we mm-hmm. ended up in the same place. In the Empire? Yes. <laughs> the Christine Chapel. Okay, sorry, yada, yada, yada. So, although the... So there was only, like, max a couple million dollars left. Um, and, like, this... It's not a lot compared to $400 million, especially when it's going to someone who's spending 40 grand on a pair of earrings. Like, right. that's not going to last her very long. If the if her mother spent hundreds of millions of dollars in 18 years, like, $2 million is not going to last her very long. Right, right, right. Also, after inheritance taxes, she actually only received about half of the total, hmm. and it was paid out in yearly increments. So, like, she was very limited with her money. Um, but 
Only eight years later, unfortunately, in 2004, Francis Schroeder died of lung disease at the young age of 65. According to an article called The Greedy Heiress in New York Daily News, quote, Francis would have adored her newspaper obituaries. They described her as a Manhattan socialite. And that is the story of the murder of Franklin Bradshaw. Wow. I just love that quote. She would have been so happy to hear that she was described as... I'm sure she would have. I'm sure she would have. <laughs> a greedy heiress. That's what they call me. Yes, it is. Glad you found out. We were talking about you behind your back, but now that Yay. you know. Well, thank you for that story. Oh, my. Anyway, Salt Lake, we, you got a little spotlight on you today, for better or for it's, worse. Consider this a live show. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you, Salt Lake, for those stories. Thank you uh, for people and close friends who suggested those stories yeah um thank you christine for telling your story thank you for telling your story you're welcome <laughs> uh i guess that's it that's it come see us live we we cannot wait uh happy holidays if you're someone who celebrates a winter holiday yay and um hopefully we'll get to see you in your city soon i think soon. that's it yeah go down that's where drink.com everything's there it's all there follow us on atwwd podcast everything else is there Yay, and join our Patreon if you want to be a part of our close friends. Our weird group, if that still exists by December 8th. <laughs> okay, I guess that's it. That's it. And that's why we drink. Yay. <laughs> Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.